0: The Tim Hill Podcasts: Ordinary people's extraordinary stories. Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to have a chat with Jennifer. Jennifer is a friend of mine. And Jennifer, if you could tell me when and where you were born, and if you can describe what it was like where you grew up, the schools you went to, and the education that you received. So, Jennifer, you're in the room.
1: Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. It's no, you're great...
0: absolutely welcome.
1: It's great to be on your podcast. So, I was born in the early '70s, and that was in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And Alberta's Calgary. Alberta,
0: Calgary, mm-hmm. Calgary. I have something from Calgary. Do you Let me just bring it up and show you? <laughs> check check this out
1: wonderful
0: 1875 to to 1975 centennial
1: stampede fantastic yeah that's something that happens (laughs) i'm glad you found it so it happens in our city every year yeah well except for one year there was one year it didn't happen and that was uh the first year of the pandemic so 2019 Mm. it didn't happen and even floods, right, even floods didn't take it down. So growing up in the city has been a privilege uh, very much. Uh, you know, it's an oil rich province in Canada, Canada being a, a large geographical country with a population widespread across its uh, mountainous plains, the combination of uh, flatlands, wetlands, and mountains and ocean. And so in Alberta, we are on the west side, uh, closest to the the province of British Columbia, which is our west coast. So it mm-hmm. takes half a day to get to a beach. And I happen to have family that lived on the island. So the schools I went to were, uh, you know, I actually went to preschool. Uh, it wasn't, you know... Uh, actually, it was my sister who went to preschool. It wasn't me. I went to kindergarten. (laughs) We didn't have preschool yet. And I keep thinking I went to preschool, but I didn't. It felt like preschool, I Mm. guess. Yeah, Yeah. so kindergarten was um, half days. It wasn't full days. It was, you know, like now some of them are full days. And all the way through to grade six, I went to several different schools. I didn't stay in one school uh, until it was Mm. actually in high school so hmm. we were one to six or k to six and then uh seven to nine and then 10 to 12 and then whatever schooling you wanted to do after that and so yeah. when I was in uh elementary k to six is what we call it uh I was in probably four or five different schools and and so there was a lot of adaptation mm. a lot of you know, getting to know new people all the time, which is something I'm really good at now.
0: <laughs> so, so, what was the reason for for this chopping schools like that? Why, uh, why, what was the reason behind? I mean, did did the schools close down because of you or? or yeah, it's all
1: my fault.
0: <laughs> or, or, or were you that naughty? They just got rid of you. <laughs>
1: It was that darn snowball fight, you know. <laughs> there was there was a rock in that snowball. Nobody knew it. <laughs> um, no, I like it. So we were moving, and so uh, I was. My parents had split up when I was young, and so there was some instability in you know where we were staying and where. It, so we moved a few times, and I think every time we moved, it was for the betterment of our situation. So it was progressive. And I think it, it was a good thing, uh, you know, to be to be moving. And so it was just that, you know, you didn't have the same group of kids around you all the time, right? Yeah. So I, I don't have the any, any uh, elementary t- children uh, that are still in my life that I could say, well, I've known them since kindergarten. And that's not something I have. I mean, I can mm. reference people that I know who they were but then we're not long-term friends.
0: Yeah.
1: Same kind of a situation happened in junior high, which was seven to nine. Uh, so there was some instability with a the move there. And I went to two different schools there. Three actually, you know what? I go back to elementary because at one point I went to grade six for part of uh, the year in Canada. And then I went to grade six for part of the year in the United States. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to Houston, Texas. And that was a move that was because of the oil and gas industry. So we were transferred Yeah, You know, I was,
0: was, yeah, was going to say it, uh, that's an awful long way to go in the morning to school and back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's called the express bus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah and it was uh, i tell you it was the first time that i was on a school bus I, I was always in an area where i could walk to school even if it was a little bit of a, a jog uh it was always mm. a walk to school situation and then this was a bus situation and being in grade six it was like drilled into me that you do not miss this bus because i mean there was multiple no other days. way of getting there. No way. And multiple interstates to get me to school and back. So it it was, uh, you miss it. I'm
0: guessing that because, because Texas is a big wide open spaces. Oh my gosh. You lived about five, 10, 15 miles from school and you had to get the bus.
1: Yeah. That was just, uh, I don't even know now. Like I'd have to bring up a map and go, okay, where did I go to school and where did (laughs) I live? (laughs) But I can remember uh, going out for a birthday celebration and it was um a three-hour drive to go to where we wanted to go for the restaurant and it was just crazy crazy but it was a big to-do and we had to have dinner on the beach and but I got to see Galveston and I got to see some things Mm. that I you know the United States school system is quite a bit different than ours um their studies are predominantly U.S. Uh, You know, they had no idea where I was from or what I was about. I mean, as far as they knew, I came from a place where I lived in igloos. And so (laughs) it was. Well, well, I
0: guess guess the only thing that you really had in common was the rodeo. Because, I mean, Texas is, is famous for its rodeos as well, isn't it?
1: Well, and I didn't know that then. And so it wasn't something that actually came up at school. I mean one thing we had in common was donuts. (laughs) (laughs) So there was, there was really music. I mean, I think some of the ways that we actually came together was, uh, you know, being that young, it was, it was music, you know, so, but other than that, there was, I mean, there was their anthem that got sung every morning and it was like, I I was the one kid in class that had the choice whether or not to sing. And it was like, (laughs) oh, wow. So yeah, I definitely felt a little bit uh, outside. Did you get
0: picked of... up because if you didn't sing it?
1: No, no, I never got picked on at all in school. No, that wasn't. You were lucky. No. Yeah, I'm very lucky. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't tolerate much either. I've never been one to tolerate mm. environments that uh, are. If I don't like Togic. it, I don't. I don't stick around. I just. Yeah, if you want to be mean, then you go find somewhere else to be mean. You know, I just wouldn't have anything to do with it. You know, so,
0: so that, how long were you down in Texas for?
1: Just just finished the school year. I was back up here for grade seven. Um oh, wow. so was very short period of time. I would say probably <laughs> six months, eight months, not even. Yeah, it was a very short because we got transferred down there and then we got transferred back.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so it was different. It was was
0: definitely different. I I liked I had a dog. (laughs) So did that have an impact on on your education at that time when you went up into grade seven? Were you held back at all or or were you advanced?
1: Yeah, it was neither. Um, So what happened was moving from Canada, grade six, here is still elementary school and then in the united states um this where i was in a A leaf area of texas uh, houston texas the school was a middle school so i well instead of being in junior high here for grade seven i was moving to a new school and a a new middle school so the next level of Hmm. school systems at grade six so when i came back and went to junior high it was nothing um, I mean, with yeah. the transition that you would have from grade six to grade seven, I had already done. And so it... it, it... Oh, you
0: were able to walk around with a bit of a swagger then. <laughs> I
1: thought,
0: I I've done this. <laughs> Check me uh, out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't ever... It never felt foreign to go to a different school. It just never felt... Because I was doing it often enough. Yeah. It was just... For me, it was commonplace. Whereas if you take six, seven years in one school and then move a child, it's different, right? It's more yeah. disruptive. And I, I yeah. learned how to adapt with it. I was used to the disruption. If you could mm. say that, I mean, it became commonplace for me.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. So, so yeah. you adapted very well to, to, to changing schools all the time.
1: Yeah. I think I and... only ever got suspended once and that was in high school.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So well, it might <laughs> I think I did all right. <laughs> I think we might come on to this suspension in high school. So, what yeah. cool was that then? Was it that stone in the in a snowball, or no. something slightly more sinister?
1: That was uh, Malibu straight up on an empty stomach for a Halloween party, <laughs> <laughs> and it—I uh, don't remember the party at all. <laughs> oh dear! But it was a school Halloween party, and I was apparently dressed as a black cat and. Um, one of the girls I hung around with at the time she was actually the maid of honor at my wedding and she looked after me all night long
0: <laughs> mm.
1: so hidden me in she the one bathroom. That inst-
0: instigated the the need for being looked after
1: you know I it was the first time I had actually decided to go to a school dance And I say that because I didn't participate in any of the school events and I I didn't hang around after school. I, I had a spare before and after uh, at the beginning and at the end of the day so that I could go to work. So all the way Mm. through high school, I was a full-time employee at a restaurant or at the drive-in or wherever it happened to be at the time. And I would go do a three to 11 shift Mm. after school Uh, at least three or four days a week and then one uh weekend day Mm. and that that was my priority I I had that job and I was dating uh a a young man I met when I was in oh I would have been in grade eight uh grade eight or nine I met him and then he had moved on to another school so I I didn't really have any reason to stick around the high school or hang around Mm. the high school kids I'd had this boyfriend that didn't attend the school and we worked together and um, there was this job. And so uh, the one time I decided that I was going to hang out with some of these kids that I sat with whenever I was at school. uh, Mm -hmm. And, and there just happened to be alcohol at this one girl's house when we were all getting ready for our Halloween party and (laughs) painting each other's faces and doing each other's hair. And I didn't bring it, but I drank it.
0: And so, you got into so much trouble.
1: I did. I <laughs> know.
0: were you suspended for? Then
1: I was just, well. Yeah, I was suspended suspended for being uh, two days for being drunk at the high school Halloween party. Mm. And I remember my Maybe. dad coming to pick me up. He had he was unimpressed, but not too <laughs> unimpressed. I mean, he's a normal teenage kid, right? Um, yeah. But I went. I went out of the school. Over his shoulder, like a fireman hauls somebody out of a fire, mm. <laughs> and spent the next two two days in bed
0: <laughs> getting over your hangover.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: Well, see, oh my the gosh. problem I would have had, though, I wasn't ever in school long enough to be able to get suspended.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tell me a little about. Do I get to hear about that? Well,
0: I. I, I I got put off school at an early age. Um okay. and it all came about via a bully. Okay. And this this was in sort of infants junior school and uh this 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 bully started to pick on me. So I asked the old man what I should do about it. He yeah. said, best thing you can do, son, is give him a thump and make it a good one because if you don't, he's gonna give you a good hiding. Anyway, yep. all anybody saw was me thump him, him going flying back into the school pond. <sighs> I get dragged off to the headmasters for six of the best. And that kind of gave me that sense of injustice mm-hmm. that put me off of school for an awful long time. Mm-hmm. So when I eventually went up into, into our secondary school, which is kind of your high school. Okay. Um I fell I, in I with a bit of a crowd that we tended to go and get registered and then we'd Scarpa for the rest of the day. So I wasn't in school for a lot. And it wasn't until um, I failed the test to, to join the army the first time round that I, I, I had a long, hard look at myself and thought, I need to start bucking up, get me, gets a bit of education so I can pass this test the next time. Yeah, so When I went into school, First first week after teachers thought I was a new student. Oh
1: my gosh. Well <laughs> first, that's first almost have never seen me. <laughs> well at least you didn't carry your past with you.
0: Well that was it.
1: Yeah.
0: But um yeah, I managed I managed to 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 get away with it. And uh the next time I went to take the test for the army, a mate came with us and gave us a few of the answers. So oh I managed to scrape in.
1: Well
0: <laughs> it, was a, it was either that or I, I, I would have ended up in prison sometime.
1: Oh no. Well, luckily mm. that didn't happen.
0: No, and here I am 60 odd years later, and look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 resorted to talking to other people to do a podcast.
1: There
0: you go. <laughs> yeah. So high school.
1: Yeah, so you,
0: you've you've had a two day suspension for drinking. Yeah. very naughty of you.
1: Yeah, and oh. that was I can't even remember if that was grade eleven or twelve, but yeah, it was it was the last. I mean, it wasn't uh, I wasn't one to get into trouble or to even be there much at all. And I in grade twelve, I actually was lucky enough to go with the travel club to China. So I got uh, I had a Ooh. bit of a travel bug and I'm still I I love traveling and so um don't get to do it as much anymore but I can remember you know any chance I got we were either one hour drive or three hour drive or five hour drive and it it wouldn't be a stretch to go for a weekend to the island Vancouver Island on the west coast and, and hang out and then come back or you know I and but China was an experience. I mean, that it gave me gratitude and perspective at a very young age.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, with the way I saw.
0: In China did you go? Sorry? Whereabouts in China did you go?
1: Oh, six different spots. So we went to Hong okay. Kong. Yeah. And uh, so sh- there was six. It was a tour around and, and some of them were really small villages uh we took trains and we took buses and we of course airplanes I mean it was the first time yeah. I had been out of besides the states i I'd, I'd, I'd been to a country other than North America mm. and um without parents there were no parents on mm. this trip and there was nobody else except for schoolmates and and I was also uh treated as an adult um because ultimately Uh, you know I was an independent student in the sense that I had my own room and I didn't have to get parents signature for uh you know abs being absent or or any of that stuff but um so I had yeah I was very uh it wasn't like I was part of the group even (laughs) it was almost like it was one of the adults on the tour that's how it felt it didn't feel like I was going to school without the kids Mm. at school and um And it it had been, I think I grew up really fast and, Mm. and, but that experience was, you know, just seeing the way people lived and, uh, you know, the lack and the differences in, you know, just services, even like in, in a country, like coming from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, this city is so beautiful and so clean. Uh, In with regards to, you know, and the services that they have the infrastructure for transportation. I mean, if you live here, you probably think it's could be better. But at the same time, if you go anywhere else, you just when you relate it to anything like five lanes of traffic was China and the the streets were dirty and um you know the the sewers the plumbing they didn't have a regular bathroom it was a hole with a holes in the ground you know so yeah. you know you would see children going to the bathroom on the side of the street I mean this is 89 okay so yeah uh, and things have changed a lot since then I mean it's a few years
0: <laughs> yeah
1: uh, <laughs> but back then for me it was it was very eye-opening and I, mm. I, I knew who, how much I had and how much I came from and I, and I didn't take it for granted. I was very, very grateful, mm. you know, that I had been born in a, a rich city, in a rich province, in a rich country and, and you know, had, didn't have the illness and the, the population density and the, the yeah. sanitary concerns. You know, I just, it was very forefront for me at that age, even.
0: Mm. So that was quite an experience then.
1: It was, yeah. Hmm. It was.
0: So what happened when you graduated from high school?
1: So I had to come back to Calgary to write my high school exams because my the fellow I was dating at the time had gone through a culinary program at SAIT and they had offered him a positioned to run a cafe in Banff Alberta and he had asked me to go along with him so we were entrepreneurs running a cafe before I even graduated from high school so is this we, for the
0: ski season
1: uh, well it was there it did go through ski season but I mean this well, was, when
0: Banff is, is known for, for, for its ski resort.
1: For, yeah for all kinds of things but definitely for mm. the ski hills you know uh so that was May June when I had started uh, with him running the cafe and then we were went through the summer and the summer's extremely busy too because people come for all the hiking you, and yeah. A wonderful camping and uh, you know just all the sightseeing and then of course it's very transient. Uh, you know there are people from all over the world that come to work there for a summer and uh, come and go. And so we did that for oh about nine months before you know it wasn't really <laughs> the kind of thing that I wanted to do. It it's not that I didn't want to be an entrepreneur and I didn't want to run run a cafe, but we were young we were together for four Mm. years ish and now all of a sudden we're living together and working together and Mm. you know it we didn't have a relationship anymore and so what
0: happened
1: yeah and so when the relationship fizzled the work relationship fizzled and the entrepreneurship fizzled and I stayed in Bant for a little while and did some you know I did all kinds of things. I did chambermaid, I cleaned rooms at hotels, I was a hotel clerk, uh, I helped make pizza at um, one of the curling rinks, uh, mm. where, you know, so I just wanted to stay for a while, I didn't want to come back right away. And I it was the first time I was really kind of on my own, but again, not on my own, because I was in staff mm. housing, and there was, you know, other people and Yeah. You know, always. uh, But again, I did eventually come back to Calgary. I always come back.
0: It's got a big return spring on it for you then.
1: Yeah. Like it's, well, this is home. This is where my family is. This is, Mm. you know, there there hasn't been anything else that has as large of a draw to keep me away long enough.
0: Mm.
1: I just haven't found it.
0: Yeah. So. What, what did you do once you returned?
1: So for a while, I was just odd jobs. Um, I worked at hotels. Um, and then I got placed with a temporary agency in the financial planning industry. I went in as a receptionist and was hired on uh, probably a month later. And then I entered the financial services industry. I became a trader and um i became an assistant and i became executive assistant and ultimately became a financial advisor but that that began 18 years of staying in one industry and it was all because of a temporary placement agency that placed me to fill in for a receptionist
0: crikey oh that's right? <clears throat> that's crazy that when that, that... That, that generally it doesn't happen. I mean, once once you get into that that temporary um, mouse wheel or hamster wheel, then then you tend to sort of one contract to another contract, but but to stay in one industry and and climb the greasy pole, I suppose. Yeah. So you, you took all the the uh, the exams to to become a a full on financial advisor.
1: I did. So that's where my like, I didn't really go to post secondary education after high school, I did um, industry related courses and exams. So I did first I did the um, you have to do a registered representative class here in uh, it's all correspondence. In Canada, yeah. it's registered representative. So you go through, you know, basically, they teach you all the liability that you're going to have if you want to pursue this career in this industry and then went on to take the Canadian securities course and the professional financial planner course and the wealth management course and the ethics course. And (laughs) so, and the options (laughs) trading course, and you know, in, in, in that industry, there's continuing education credits all the time. You have to continually be uh, keeping your Mm. education up. And there's a certain number of those credits you have to get every single year to keep your licenses. And so I ultimately ended up taking insurance and accident and sickness and all of that as well, and had basically the most rounded, I thought, education for the industry that I could get. And then in 2000 and uh, what was it? 2010, I left. Hmm. Yeah. After all that time, after all that time,
0: so what was yeah. the catalyst to make you walk away from a lucrative
1: well employment? <laughs> You know, did they say just because you've got all the education doesn't mean uh, you know those those who uh, know do those who can't teach. <laughs> <laughs> this I think is one of the, but you know I was I, because I had all the knowledge in my head didn't make it a lucrative endeavor for me. I mean mm. my my child was born in 2005, and I lost the zeal for working in the industry uh, for other people then and then so I wanted to go independent and became an entrepreneur again, and that was hard being a new mom and looking for business and you know working weekends and evenings and and all the that was it was hard stuff Mm. and i was separated in 2010 and had to make a decision it was a lifestyle decision you know do i want to be a single parent and give away my evenings and weekends to this industry or do i want to look for something else Mm. And so that was it too. There was the financial part of it. I mean, being independent, I had to spend a lot of money on errors and admissions insurance and I had to spend a lot of money on uh, relicensing and a lot of time on those continuing education credits to uh, keep my licenses. And then, of course, if you're spending your evenings and weekends with clients instead of your family, Mm. uh, for me, it was there wasn't a choice. There just wasn't. Yeah. I was not willing to take that time away from my child. I just wasn't willing to.
0: Hmm. So that's what, what drew you away from, for, from that business. So what did you do?
1: Well, so I am entrepreneur again, and I'm consulting other people who are looking to build businesses with families. And I, I ended up doing a lot of networking. I ended up at a lot of trade shows and the play groups with mommies and daddies that uh, were building businesses and raising children became my clients. And so I was business consulting and, and helping those people build systems into their life that help them be better parents and follow up in their businesses and, and use free tools out there like Facebook and social media and, and, you know, follow up systems to,
0: yeah.
1: you know, yeah, make sure to that
0: they were Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then to at trade shows, I mean, there were a lot of people who didn't have any way of capturing leads. Like they'd stand there mm-hmm. behind their table and they wouldn't talk to anybody and they'd expect people to come to them. And it was like, okay, well, there's, there's some things we can do here. Number one, have, have something, to give away at your table so that you can capture mm-hmm. names and addresses so that you can talk to them after the event, you know, and, and give something away of value. Uh, you know, it doesn't even have to relate to your business. Maybe it's a gift card, whatever. You know, yeah. that gives you the opportunity to say, hey, you were at my table. You filled out a, a ballot for this gift card. Uh, you know, how was the trade show? Would you like to know more about our business? Would you like to get on an email list? Like, none of those things were being utilized then. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking. This is 2010, but from between 2005 and 2010, basically, this is this is how things started. And, and I've just always looked for opportunities to do whatever I can with regards to free tools in the online space. know, um, ever since and it just keeps taking on a new keeps taking on a new name or a new vein of yeah. you know. What do you do next? First, it was systems girl, you know, because, <laughs> <So> <laughs> you know, you need systems. on <laughs> the systems yeah. girl, you know, so um, that and that was it was coaching for the most part and on a business level, on a personal level. And a lot of it was taking a look at a family's budget to say, OK, you know, here's where you're bleeding. You know, hmm. this is something that you can do to fix that. And then what do you want to do with it? You know, how can we make it so that your life is easier? You know, do you have a filing mm. system? <laughs> like a, yeah. You don't have, <laughs> yeah. Do you have a way to follow up? Like, do you have a database management system? So again, it was, where are they? What do they need? What's the first thing we can do to make life easier for them? And yeah, it just kept evolving. I mean, at one point mm. I was running as an accountability coach, just making sure that people did what they said they were going to do, you know, on yeah. the follow through.
0: I mean, if somebody's sort of setting up a business and they go to a trade show to try and sell their business mm-hmm. and they're just standing there and not doing anything, they're not yeah. going to have a very successful business. I mean, f- from my experience, of, of if, you, if you want something to happen, you've got to go and make it happen. You can't wait for it to do it itself.
1: Yeah. And I I know I'm not the type of person that that likes uh, when I'm walking through a trade show to be approached and pulled in and
0: Mm.
1: all that stuff. You know, I'd like to, you know, go and have a look. But at the same time, there are ways to do it so that you're not bothering people, you know. So that
0: That's the other side of the corner course. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, you you just want to have a wander around and then you see something that takes your fancy, that's when you want to go and have a parley with someone. Mm-hmm. You don't want people to sort of try and drag you in and try and flog you something that you're not really interested in. Yeah, uh, right. And, and I, I've seen that at, at shows all the time. I, I tend to go to quite a lot of boat shows. So mm. you're walking around a boat show and... and And if somebody's got, uh, say, a canoe, Mm -hmm. but I'm not interested in canoeing, and they're trying to sell you a canoe, they're they're, they're flogging a dead horse. Uh, So the really
1: really important thing there to know, and this is the thing that I tried to teach people, is that you don't want that person as a client anyway. You don't want that person as a lead anyway. So why are you putting the energy there? They're not Hmm. the person that's looking for you and it's a waste of your time and energy. Yeah. You know, so your energy would be better put into making something happen in your booth that draws attention that relates to the people who are actually looking for you.
0: Hmm. You know. Yeah. So that's where you, you the stall itself attracts the people in. If hmm. somebody wants what you you're selling, providing you've got it set out in in a in a way that's going to attract them, they will come to you. I'm sure it will.
1: Creative displays, uh, you know, I find work really well. You know, if you you had something that drew people into your area, um, whether it was just the the draw that you have or whatever it was that you were using for a lead generator. Um, you know Mm. the gift card giveaway or you know whatever it was I mean that's where they're coming in that's where you can start to have a conversation I mean be in front of the booth not behind the booth because behind the anytime you put something in front of you you know you're less approachable right I mean there's something in between you and me now I'm not as easy to reach right yeah It, it feels like there's an obstacle between us So that was the same thing with the table, you know, and and be out front, be approachable, smile, you know, have casual conversation. If, you know, they ask a question, follow it, you know. (laughs) So you didn't have to be abrasive and in someone's face.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, if I was there at a trade show, I just have to stand around and look gorgeous and people are attracted to me anyway. There you go. Right. So, so. <laughs> just just smile, Tim. That's all. We just, just
1: we just need you smile. That's it.
0: Works <laughs> every time. Yeah. yeah. So, taking you forward, then. So, two thousand between five five and ten, you, you started to set this up, and and I mean we we've, we've we've got twelve years from then. So, oh, how know. did it progress? Where did it take you?
1: So well, no matter where we went, um, it was always a matter of how does this fit lifestyle? How is this um, conducive to creating flexibility in my life so that I can be available for my child? Uh, you know, how, how does it lend to my ability to drive back and forth to school, volunteer, um, be around for all of those special events. You know, that was that was the priority for me. So from 2010 on, there were times where I took on contract jobs. Uh, I worked for an oil and gas company for three years where the my job was to set up appointments, um, selling basically snubbing and coil to Mm. completions individuals in the oil and gas so you know honestly i went for coffee and i had lunch a lot Mm. and that was always (laughs) it was always done uh when my child was not at school it was always done uh before and after drop off and pick up from school you know so i always had the flexibility to Mm. to do when i wasn't needed at home home was always priority
0: yeah
1: and i also worked for sorry go ahead
0: So, so far, too many people um, live to work instead of working to live.
1: Yeah, that's so not me. It's never going to be me. I, uh, you know, I would do without the money. I would do without the things. I would do without the, you know, whatever it is that all the fancy clothes or the fancy shoes or the bags or the cars or the houses or the, I don't need them. Mm. I don't. What I need is my kid my kid, that's it. Yeah. I don't need anything else. And so my, I would have a real problem at the end of my life, looking back and saying, Oh, great. Look at all that money you've got in the bank. You're dying tomorrow, but guess what? You don't even know your kid. Yeah. It would, it would and you can't me. take it with you. No, he can't. Nope. But you know, every moment that we've ever had and every time that I've, we've been able to be together and I've been able to be there that, you know, she forgot something at school. Can you bring it to school for me? Of course I can. Of course I can. Mm. Yes, I can. I can I don't have to say no to that. I can drop everything and I can reschedule my schedule because you're homesick today, and I don't. I don't yeah. have any guilt around. I don't have to worry about losing a
0: job because of that. Uh, mm. So, you know, mind mind you. Having said that, I mean, ma'am, I've uh, left out at home. Can you bring it to school? Yes, I can. However, next time. Don't leave it at home. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's like there's only so many times I'm willing to do this before you have to learn to be more organized, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, if it's important, like cleats for rugby are kind of important, yeah. you know. <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to run around in your boots. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I've looked for opportunities to educate myself, to, to build uh, ways for myself to be organized and to try as much as possible to help others. You know, whether that there are some times that I've taken on jobs that looked like they were going to be a good fit to find out that they weren't. I mean, I did mm. not, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with the, that job or that profession at all. It was just not a fit for me. Like I had worked on contract for a property management company. I was a condo administrator And I helped them out with, you know, their contracts and for a while. And again, it was me sitting in somebody else's office for a long block of hours felt counterintuitive and counterproductive to me. And I, you know, just sitting, I mean, there was not that there was a lack of something to do, but I mean, an eight to four punch o'clock lifestyle didn't have a lot of flexibility for me. And, um, you know, I, I did the best I could in those situations, but I've always been, you know, let's massage the schedule to see how we can let things work and, and see how whatever's coming into my environment can live versus having to say no, because I'm restricted by this or that. And, and it's been not somebody, there's a lot of people that really don't understand the lifestyle. They don't understand the need to have control over one's environment, flexibility, time. And it's my life. It's my time. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, people who work for other people, punching a clock and having to be a certain place nine to five every day. Uh, don't have that flexibility.
0: Yeah. yeah, and then all it's doing is making somebody else rich. Right. Mm. Right. And, and 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 that just falls into that, that I mean, they're working to live, not yeah. living uh, uh, or living to work rather than working yeah. to live. So, yeah, I can see where, that's, where, where you're scoring big points there.
1: Yeah, building a life, not making a living, uh, you know. Yeah. I, my, I don't want to be given my whole life away to to just anyone or anything. Hmm. So, it was, so it's I'd... been what comes into, in the 12 years, hmm. as you'd asked, I mean, what's gone on has been a variety of different things because, well, whatever comes into my world, I try to entertain if it feels like a good fit. And, uh, you know, that hasn't always been a good fit, but... I found that everything online has a big draw for me. Uh, building mm. websites, um, building social media accounts, building online presence, building visibility. It's like this is this is a playground for me. You know, mm. so really everything over the last 12 years has been, had that similar vein. How do I build a system? How do I build a CRM? How do I make a website? How do I have all my social media accounts linked to it, uh, whether it's whatever it happens to be. I mean, I've I've lived under so many different entities. I don't even remember them all anymore. But they've all had that common vein is like online. What can we do online? How can we use our free tools to build awareness? Uh, I mean, in charities as well. I mean, I've I've spent some time doing work for for charities and it's all how do we build awareness? how do we build visibility?
0: Hmm. so you're now still living in calgary yes okay let's let's have a chat about calgary i'm 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 intrigued to to know a bit about Calgary and particularly the stampede i <laughs> know oh it it's crazy. I'll tell you a little bit about me and um, Rodeo. Okay. When, when I was in Berlin, which was a little while ago, um, I was there, we, we were there from 1978 to 1980. And the Americans had uh, the European Rodeo Association mm. and they had a branch in, in Berlin. And I went and joined it. And they, we used to have... Uh, odd competitions. They they had one of these bucket machines, uh-huh. so they, they set up a <laughs> bucket machine for for, for 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 a competition evening or something like that, and was great fun. And uh, I I was particularly okay at, at bareback um, <laughs> rather than ball. I did I wasn't wasn't over on ball riding because that that was sort of dangerous. It's got horns and things and might stamp all over you. So I thought that was. <laughs> but but riding bareback. Uh, <laughs> On a bronc was was quite good fun, and uh, yeah, you could score points. And the they, they they used to the real on one or a, a machine.
1: On. The real one, machine, or a the machine. Okay. Yeah, okay, because like,
0: but I but I'm nearly, I, but the only place you could actually do the real thing was down. It's in, in sort all of Western Germany uh, because it was they, they they had a few down there that, uh, that you could go down, but we never managed it. Um, but we did raise a bit of money for charity and stuff like that at the the October Fest where we we cooked up a load of burgers and stuff like that uh, on a street market. Mm. So we raised a few quid for that, and that was good fun working with the guys. Um, so I always fancied sort of going to a rodeo and and uh, maybe getting a, a go on a on a bonking uh, <laughs> a bucking bronc. <laughs> so tell me about the stampede have you ever been to the stampede? Have you worked at the stampede? Did you ever a go at the stampede?
1: So I, I go to the stampede almost every year. I think there's only two years I can remember in the last 20 that I've missed it. And one was probably because I was sick and the other was because it didn't happen. They canceled it due to mm. everybody else being sick. Um, and so for years when my child was little we would take in the pre-parade for the stampede which is the friday before the stampede. and the stampede starts actually that afternoon there's a sneak peek the night before and then there's mm-hmm. a uh, parade and then the stampede's kicked off for the next 12 days yeah, cause, however many days because day. if i'm
0: right in thinking that, that the prey goes through the town mm-hmm. to, to, to sort of drum up the business for it and then the the the, the ground itself. Uh, do they have different arenas, or is it all the competition done in the main central arena? How does that work?
1: So there's so much that goes on at the Stampede that I couldn't even tell you all about it. I mean, they even now have
0: oh, go stuff on, try.
1: out, out <laughs> <they> have outside <laughs> of agriculture even, and outside of livestock now, where you've got BMX competitions and you've got like so really stampede is the entertainment like it's disneyland for kids here in calgary Mm. and uh, disneyland for kids for adults they have they definitely have their kid focus they definitely have their adult focus but there are so many headliners and bands that come into town for stampede that it can be a concert fest for every single day that the stampede goes on so it's not just the rodeo it's not just the Mm. horses and the bulls and the chuck wagons and the the bronc riding and that's definitely a big part of it but I mean there's there's times where I've gone down to the stampede grounds and I have not taken a rodeo or grandstand show at all and the only thing I'm Mm. down there for is to go to the big four building and visit all the trade show stuff (laughs) (laughs) or I go down and just visit the art gallery because I have a huge art gallery down there at the same time, you know, or I just go down and get my corn dog on the midway and,
0: Mm.
1: you know, so, I mean, this, it's got so much variety in it. Uh,
0: So how long does it last then? It's not surely just for the Saturday.
1: No, no, it's, uh, I think it's 12 (laughs) days in July every year. So, yeah. So Stampede 2022 uh, is going to be, let me see here. Yeah. So July, I think it starts July 8th and goes to the 17th. Wow. Nope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, July 8th cuz there's rodeo every day from July 8th to the 17th. Mm. And then of course with the rodeo there's also Grandstand show and I mean there's so much that goes on. I mean calgarystampede.com I think it is. I'm
0: going to have to check that out. And I guess they, they they have sort of um live cameras live feeds for 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 the events that are going on and yeah, no,
1: for well they definitely have the calgarystampede.com website okay so they they break it down into uh basically they have agriculture and western events is separate from the rest so they talk about the competitors and the exhibitors and mm. the, you could take in you know there's different ways that you could be an exhibitor uh those sorts of things too But there's definitely an entire page that gives you, you know, how to be a visitor and what all the different things that you can explore because there's rodeo, uh, there's dog shows, um, there's freestyle motocross, there's, you know, there's concerts on every stage like Virgin Plus, Nashville North, Coca-Cola stage. Mm -hmm. The Stampede Show Band is like every day throughout the whole entire entire event and then of course they've got the the big four roadhouse so there's so many so many different things like the parade the midway the you know there's even special food and drinks that come in uh, just for that year and like you they'll they'll have a great big culinary feature of what's new at the Calgary Stampede for Food. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's it's an event in its grandeur and it's been going on for so many years. I mean, over, well, over 150
0: 1875. years. 1875. 1875, I think. There you go. Uh, that was a centennial <laughs> in 1975.
1: Yeah. So, so way over 100 years. Yeah. So 76. 76- back then
0: it was just a rodeo, wasn't it?
1: well yeah right then it, i think it was uh was it even a rodeo or just a parade back then i don't even remember like of course how would i remember but anyway like i don't did know enough about the, the history no, I, didn't, I did not <laughs> maybe maybe you know what tim maybe in a in a different carnation i did but not in this one
0: um of course i mean i've been around forever but well, you, you know, you know, you know when you, you're talking to somebody on the, on the phone and they're taking your details down and name, address, uh, and they say date of birth,
1: because
0: <laughs> because it, it it normally takes a little while to get your date of birth. So I say five four seventeen fifty eight. He goes quiet. Uh, can you just confirm your date of birth again, please? Yeah, five four seventeen fifty eight. No, no. no. Yes, I'm 264. <laughs> now you're having me on. <laughs> I mean, 1958, right? <laughs> now try it, try it. It's so funny when somebody, somebody almost believes
1: you.
0: Yeah. I think they have a hard
1: time <laughs> just with the 1970 ish part. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like you, when you're putting it in online, you have to scroll like you're yeah. doing the prices, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I've caught out so many people doing that. It's so funny, especially if you're doing it face-to-face. Somebody's, somebody's in front of you typing out or writing it down, and they put 1758.
1: You can definitely test their listening skills.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. well jennifer i think we've had a, a pretty good parlay today
1: we have we haven't talked about how we met though would you like to talk about that
0: well we could do yeah, yeah. so should we tell them yeah. or should we just leave them <laughs> or should we just leave them in suspense
1: i, I will let's leave them in suspense
0: <laughs> <laughs> keep them guessing
1: <laughs> sure yeah
0: Mind you, we, we could promote them a bit. Sure. Yeah, let's do yeah. that. Yeah. So Jennifer and I, we met online through um, a system called Podmatch. And Podmatch gets together guests and hosts. And uh, that's how we first got together. And uh, I think I contacted you first, didn't I?
1: I don't even remember. It's like a dating uh, service for pod casters and hosts and guests and yeah and so yeah
0: (laughs) it's a great platform for 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 meeting people i mean the reason i i got into it is because um i put my my podcast up on buzzsprout Mm -hmm. one day buzzsprout was saying um need guests for your show so i i put a little pitch up on on buzzsprout and then and then Edmund come back and give me a, a bit of a roasting, saying, you're not allowed to do that. You've gone against the rules. <laughs> oh. Oh. So I would make, oh, what am I supposed to do? You asked me to put it up. And they said, no, you go to Podmatch. So uh. That's how I got to Podmatch. So I looked at it, signed up for it, and uh, and I haven't looked back. I'm kind of the
1: same, but I didn't find out through Buzzsprout. I found out uh, online doing a, um, I was actually doing a challenge, a a small business challenge. And I'd put a hashtag out on my social media channels and I was following up on it. And I noticed that one of the persons who had um, shared that link was promoting the quarter one pod pros event. I went mm-hmm. okay, so I put my podcast for online for authors on hold um, because it started back in 2019. I took it to the podcast platform where I'd been doing um, really interviews for with authors for some time before that, and then I saw it was Sean Tyler Foley who had mm-hmm. a post on his profile about this quarterly event, and I went okay, I'll I'll check it out. Like I just a pod, a podcasting event online. This, and I had a couple of days that I figured I could fit it in. And you know what? It was so economical too, for me to be able to attend that. I I can't even tell you like the ticket. I know the ticket price is going up for quarter three, so I don't want to really say what the ticket price is, but.
0: Did you watch it all last night then?
1: Oh yeah. And it was so reasonable, right? Mm. Um so to, to attend this and it actually gave me the opportunity to get back into podcasting in in a big way like so it took podcasting from online for authors platform to many other platforms and now I'm doing podcast production for other people as well mm-hmm. so it, it, having and having met you and and others like you have gone from being not only a host but also being a guest which is totally foreign territory for me but it's uh you know they say that's it's this is networking on steroids right podcasting is and and being a guest and being a host so there is no way you can reach you know as many people Mm -hmm. as we do this way so and it's been an absolute pleasure to meet you get to know you and uh i'm looking forward to sharing more of you you know
0: oh great you do know that i'm currently set at number one as a host
1: I did see that this morning,
0: yeah, <laughs> so I well, I managed to get again. up
1: to. <laughs> I managed to get up to number six on hosting the first month. I was on the platform actually, and it was like what
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: surprised the heck out of me. But yeah, good for you.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I'm surprised myself actually because it, it's died off the last week or so. Um, I, I've, I've not been quite so busy, but. Um it's picking up again. <laughs> so, yeah. it, because I, I I managed to stay at number one from about um, I think it was about the third or the fourth of March, all the way through March, I was I was the number one host globally on on um, on Podmatch, yeah. and I've just I've just gone I've bounced up and down a little bit this month, but I'm back <laughs> up at number one for, for the time being anyway. So maybe I can make it to the end of the month at number one again.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, the thing that I found with Podmatch is that as a host, I was so busy. Like, seriously, like the requests that I had coming in for my podcast have booked me out until until, August of 2023 for Mm. hosting. And it's like, wow. You know that can be a little overwhelming at first like i mean i can imagine how many requests you get in and of course mm. your podcast you know ordinary people's extraordinary stories it's open to it's like not
0: absolutely everybody
1: right so it fits everyone so you have to be absolutely inundated as a host for for interviews
0: you you wouldn't believe <laughs> I,
1: I, I might <laughs> I
0: might. I, might. <laughs> I, the, 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 I was uh, I was watching Alex's um, only what's name, and he was it was on about his um, saying who who's your avatar, mm-hmm. uh, and and he asked who who do you think your avatar is. So I said mine's not born yet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, it's not because the whole point of this is is to leave that legacy for the future generations. To look back on what we were doing at this time in history, mm-hmm. so so my ideal avatar hasn't been born yet. Yeah, yeah, so, and so, so add, that gives add, you add, some add, creative it.
1: freedom. Some absolutely,
0: which, yeah, yeah. And, and and the thing about it, I, I, everybody, every single person that I've I've interviewed is special, and I make them feel special.
1: Yes, and, you do. And I give
0: them I, I give them a hundred percent of my attention. Oh, yeah. And I try and ask questions that that they don't normally get asked. I get them to rack their brains, get get all that gray matter going to, <laughs> to think back what it was like when when they were growing up. So so when somebody a hundred years' time looks back at this time in history and thinking, Wow, is that what they were doing? Cool. Didn't I get it easy? <laughs> yeah.
1: And good luck finding two or three people that were doing the same thing, you know.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Yeah, and and let me tell you what, uh, you know, being that I do live in the city, and love the city. I actually, have a podcast called "We Are Calgary" for this city. You had me racking my brain over uh, details for the Calgary Stampede. Like I'm searching the website because I'm not. An ambassador, or anything for the last twenty
0: odd years.
1: I know, but I'm not an ambassador for the event. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, but I can come up with some information. I know I can. (laughs) I can add value here. I love
0: putting people on the spot. Right.
1: (laughs) Thank you for making me think.
0: It's been an absolute pleasure. The Tim Heale Podcasts, ordinary people's extraordinary stories.